Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I am Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, we bring you the Count of Monte Calvo, the Maluda in the Iron Mask, Transfers She Wrote, and Dial D for Demodog. So for the first time in five years, I went to Indianapolis without going to an Indy 11 game. I went overnight this weekend to one of my friend's weddings there, and that's all I did. It felt wrong. It felt like I was cheating on soccer in some fundamental way. Did you like look outside from like the venue and see like a sad breakdown battalion member? Just like, oh, <laughs> not just coming. <laughs> I so, mean, to be fair, this is you cheating on Minnesota United all the time, and now you're complaining that you didn't cheat? Like... Uh, I'm feeling a lot of accusation here, so I'm just going to deflect. How did you spend your weekend, Caleb? <laughs> uh, I went to the Basilica Block Party. Oh, and that was, that was this weekend? That was this weekend. Yeah, I got tickets for my wife, Taylor, for her birthday. And yeah, I saw Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, and he did some stuff from his Jack's Manhattan, Jack's Manhattan days and something corporate days. Was that picture of the rubber ducky? That was Andrew McMahon on a giant inflatable okay, duck. Okay. Why? That was being held by the crowd. Why not? Is this something that happens often in the show? I don't. This is the first time I've ever, I've ever seen them. Uh, they had giant black inflatable tube men on the stage as well. They, for one time, they threw out like at least 30 beach balls into the crowd. I'm it was sensing an inflatable theme here. Yeah. I, I you get to the front of the show and it's all an inflatable crowd. It was definitely a, a, <laughs> definitely a fun shoulder to see. Were they all dressed? <laughs> Did they have wide open mouths? You know what? Looking back on it, I'm pretty sure the entire band was just inflatable tube men. <laughs> I would go to that show. <laughs> that would be they, they an amazing great. show. They sounded great. And, and they opened for the Shins, who were fantastic. Oh. So that, they were absolutely amazing. That you was know, the first day, and the second day was kind of meh. But the first day was definitely the better day for the Basilica Block Party. Speaking of a entire crew of people made of basically inflatable men that kind of sounds a little like minnesota united's backline to me these days without francisco calvo so let's move on to a segment that we call loon monitoring where we talk about minnesota united and it's all its foibles from the previous week which this week included losing one nil to the columbus crew on independence day uh the aliens won a bill pullman was killed in his little fighter jet and the world did not make independence day its own Dude, spoilers. Wait, yeah, did you just spoil the sequel? Because I'm pretty sure it was Randy Quaid that got killed in the fighter jet. He did, in the first no, one. No, but I'm saying that's yeah. what happened yeah. in the movie. In reality, uh, Independence Day, we lost. The aliens won. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's true that the aliens won, and I almost wished that we had been annihilated by that laser beam that shoots down on the and, White House. And, but... and, and in the movie, what, you know, you saw the fighter jet shooting lots of missiles mm -hmm. at the aliens. Uh, in this game, we the, the fighter jets just shot one missile at the aliens. And uh, and they're like, oh, force field, meh, whatever. Exactly. Minnesota United got one shot in this game. One shot. And that was an, an Ibsen free kick. Shot, Correct. shot, 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 shot. We don't have them. <laughs> Everyone sober. Okay, I should clarify. That was shots on target. Um, I don't actually know if there were more shots than that one. There were shot more shots, that. but I believe Ibsen had the only shot on target off of a free kick. Yeah, which uh, almost it was like, like five shots corner. on, or like five shots in general, which right, is right. 
sad. <laughs> so, should we talk about this game in any detail, or should we just leave it to the fact that this is one more rung on the ladder of misery that is the 2017 uh, Minnesota United expansion season? I mean, I, we had a depleted, depleted back line. We played yes, five we at did. the back with uh, Jerry and Justin Davis and Joe Greenspan in his first ever MLS start as our like, back three center backs in the back five, and it almost worked. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't... almost worked. <laughs> like, we it could have been a much worse defensive performance in all seriousness. I mean... You've got a, a team that's got Justin Mira and Kakuta Mane. Yeah, Mane scored, but it wasn't really the defense's fault. It was more Cronin that was asleep at the wheel on that one. And um, Greenspan, for someone who's coming back from a concussion, you know, I threw some shade on the fact that he was on the pitch. He played really well. Yeah. He played yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah, he, he had a, a solid also, game. He's huge. He is if a not, very large man. Joe the Jolly Green Giant? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, we can actually call him that. Yeah, we can call him that. But I actually, during this game, I was just thinking like, oh, is it the Atlas friendly already? Because in Greek mythology, Atlas is the guy who carries the whole weight of the world on his back. And to me, that was Joe Greenspan in this game, carrying the whole weight of defending. On his, see the pain thing I'm reference I'm yeah. going for there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, not I, even going to humor me with a pity laugh. Okay, all right. Well, that's I cool. think the Atlas of our um, team is definitely Bobby Shuttleworth. So. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, um, what else do we need to talk about with this game? Miguel Gate, Start Gate, uh, Heat Gate, Start Gate SG Ten, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so explain it to our listeners. What are we talking about? Here? So, after the game, there were some comments by Adrian Heath, basically calling out the reason that Miguel Ibarra did not start and did not come in until the 76th minute, despite the frequent exhortations from the Dark Clouds. I've never been in a supporters section where they've actually said, sub somebody specific on. Like, <laughs> that was awkward, but also necessary because he came off the bench, was probably the man of the match in 15 minutes for this team because he was the only one that was giving any sort of attacking spark. After the game, Adrian Heath then called him out for a perceived lack of energy, lack of hustle in the away game against New York City. So so the implication being that that's why he was not starting this game is because Heath wants you to put in 100%, and if you don't, you're not going to start. Right, except for the fact that I did not perceive any issues with Miguel Ibarra's performances, um, especially hustle-related. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Heath also say it could have been three or four other players that sat today, but it would just happened to, happen to be Miguel? Yeah. Um, for the lack of effort in against New yeah. York? Yeah. So, so why Miguel? Uh, are you expecting me to no, come up with some... that's mostly rhetorical. Yeah, yeah I Adrian... Mean, what do you think, Adrian? I mean, I could turn this into the Reynolds rap and come up with something, but <laughs> I've got something a lot better than that. It was Ibarra's emails. It was Ibarra's emails. Uh, I, I actually tweeted out something about how perceived lack of effort-related benchings were what led us to Lance Lang's Minnesota United career, which, you know, a few people liked it, and I walked away from my computer. I was like, that's cool. Great. You know, another great tweet sent out, Hot Take Express on the tracks. And then Miguel Ibarra retweets it, and then Lance Lang retweets it, and I, 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 I panic for a second. I'm like, you know, 
you know, the Adrian Heath's going on Facebook with like a nice MS Paint imagery. Friendship ended with Notch. <laughs> French and- with West Verdine. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about this? Um, that was probably the most accurate hot take I've seen. In the sense that, yes, Lance Lang's perceived lack of hustle and lack of commitment is what led to him not being in the side, and suddenly he's really good again with North Carolina FC. We'll, we'll get to other Minnesota United players playing very well uh, so, this year again. Adrian's so. no longer a listener, but welcome Odell and Lance back to listen to our podcast. So <laughs> we missed <right>. you. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to talking about uh, another bit of controversy that happened this week, which is Minnesota United released their. 2018 season ticket pricing and the internet loses its uh, Reddit. mind. Reddit, Reddit, lost yeah. okay. Mind. I saw a little bit of it on Twitter. Too. Did you? Yeah, just just a touch, not not anywhere near bad. the cesspool that Reddit turned into. But um, so at the attachment, at the attachment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can at me, and uh, you can uh, probably figure out from my upvotes and comments in the Minnesota United subreddit as to who I am there. I'm not so, going to say. To be fair to the people on Reddit, there were some increases and the way the team released its prices, they essentially said, here was the final pricing in 2017. Here was what the new prices are going to be for 2018. And I think they portrayed it as a 2% decrease for most people, whereas... Now, a 2% increase with some decreases, I think was the... Right, 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 right. Exactly. Sorry, I mixed those two up. But the point was that uh, the folks on Reddit said, well, a lot of us are actually seeing an increase because we bought in phase one. I don't know what the team's data says, though. If, if they're if they're actually looking at data for all purchases and actually saying, you know, based on all purchases rather than saying just based on final phase pricing. But the perception on Reddit was that the team was using some deceptive marketing um, to kind of soften the blow of the cost increases. I am not sure if I buy that. Personally, I think it's it's one of those things where they said that, you know, it's compared to final phase pricing, but I can, I can see where people are coming from, from being upset at that reason. What I don't understand, though, is the feeling that we are somehow paying very high prices because compared to other MLS teams, and this is, you know, borne out in the RMLS thread on the subject, we're kind of average in our prices, guys. Yeah. Um, if anything... It seemed as though the 2017 prices were maybe a little bit short of what they targeted for what they probably could sell these tickets for. Particularly and, in some of the sections, like that sky blue section, you'll see the prices go really high in the in between the phase one to phase whatever, seven or five or whatever it ended at. And that's because they, they saw huge demand there. Presumably. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're they're selling more tickets in those specific sections because people want that gap between midfield and the super expensive midfield tickets. Here's my thing about it. When the supporter section is only getting charged a $5 increase when the least expensive section, which I so happen to sit in, gets a $16 increase even in these like phase one the phase one comparisons like it, there's plenty of cheaper seats that people can move into if you're complaining that your specific seat that you love so much is suddenly more expensive you can downgrade and still get a pretty good seat like it's it's not that difficult <laughs> I, I can 
sorry, TCF Fantasy is a stadium where there's not really a bad seat in the house. No matter where you say you're going to see the field pretty well. Yeah. Um, like Behind the goal is a little hard to see action running the pitch. That's why there's those giant screens on either side of each, uh, I guess, and zone which is a football stadium yeah. i don't know I, I mean i can understand why people are mad to have to move out i mean i remember when the dark clouds moved from the midfield somewhere else it's 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 hard to tell somebody your seat is a premium seat and you're not paying enough for it mm-hmm. that's not a message that's going to make anyone happy i think the one issue that i took was something you just mentioned which is dcf bank stadium is on the whole a good game day experience i was you know Go listen to the previous episode of this podcast before we start playing there. I was nervous that it was going to be a crap experience. I've actually been impressed with the facility and the the, the sight lines, of course, which you were mentioning, but also like the toilet access, the uh, food and drink access. I'm pretty happy. This this The security and the staff, I think we've given them as the dark cloud some feedback on mm-hmm. the ways that they could improve. And I think those things are being taken into account. I think there have been some problems with the bag policy. So it's not been like seamless, but on the whole... I've been happy with the experience. I think there were some folks on Reddit who were saying we're not very happy, and that, I I disagree. I I think I think the experience we're getting isn't one of the worst in MLS at all. But it is the worst turf in MLS, according to uh, Jelly Van Dam <laughs> and Gordon Alfo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, just to wrap it up. If you're upset about tickets and you have every right to be, make sure the next time the team sends a survey, you fill it out and you say so. Make sure that you tell your ticket rep every time you speak to them, every time you meet Sean. And and make sure you also, if you're really mad, don't buy tickets because the team is going to base its decisions based on demand. And the only way you can affect this situation is by showing them that demand is low at high prices. So um, you got to take a stand. Because I saw a couple of people being like, I'm upset, but I'm still going to do it. Uh, that's going to kind of shoot you, your your argument in the foot in terms of what Sean sees on his screen in terms of sales. So sorry sorry to kind of be tough there, but that that's you got to do that. Let's move on to some transfer news or some transfer rumors and transfer news. Uh, Sam Littleson, status winner from Heart of Midlothian, has been un- officially unveiled by Minnesota United. Um quote here from who is this quote from it's it's from, it's from some guy who's a hearts fan on minnesota united subreddit who awesome. came in and basically said i'm gonna paraphrase because we just gotta keep moving is that sam nicholson's a bit of a loose cannon with some behavioral issues he spat at a linesman and provoked rival fans by grabbing his balls while celebrating and uh and apparently he's a little rash with his tackles as well so essentially and this was pointed out on reddit as well we're looking at mini johnny Steele. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from a uh, the Great British Isle. From <laughs> he has a lot of tattoos. I saw from Jerome Tiason's, uh Instagram story. So this this is gonna be fun, guys. Yeah, nothing can yeah. go wrong. And <laughs> Absolutely nothing can go wrong with this signing. Our new true captain. <laughs> <laughs> what about this Michael Boxel character? Um, so Adrian Heath all but confirmed this on his fifteen hundred show with Jamie Watson earlier um, basically said everything except for his name that they were signing him. Um, he's a 28-year-old um, center slash right back, uh, plays for the New Zealand national team, um, has basically been in their back line every competitive game for the last couple of years. Um, also is out of contract following two years with South Africa's Super Sports United, which, by the way, is named for the um, television station that airs those games. <laughs> well, we had Magic Jack in the, what is it, the, the 
predecessor to the uh, NWSL, the team named Magic Jack. I mean, it, it it's more like Go Ninety as the team name, but sure, whatever. I, I wouldn't mind watching a team called Eighty Nine Point Three uh, United. <laughs> the current United. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like a meta soccer team. Yeah. Um, I hope this isn't true. There, there are so many. Defenders we just signed from NASL or USL. We talked about last week that defender from Austin Cincinnati who could have made the jump up. Um, use another international spot where we're already tight on them. It just doesn't seem like a great move. Yeah. But a fun fact, though, um, he has come out of the uh, Minnesota United pipeline uh, from the University of California, Santa Barbara, where he played with... Um, uh, let me look in these notes. Noted player Christian Ramirez. Noted player, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, Paul Tenorio of 442 has reported that Minnesota United have turned down a $1 million bid from an unnamed Asian club for Francisco Calvo. $1 million. Apparently, the club asked for $2 million and they would not reach the valuation. So Minnesota oh, United asked for $2 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why are they not asking for $100 billion? <laughs> I was just going to say, just cut Brent Coleman's hair a little short and and send him off like Brent Calvo, you know, with a K. <laughs> I am Brent Calvo. Costa Rican international Brent Calvo. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to need to tan, and he's going to have to brush up on his high school Spanish. Also buy some, like, awesome thin ties. Like, Calvo's a snappy dresser, y'all. Hey, by the way, can we not lose either of them? Can we please keep Francisco Calvo? Like, let's 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 do all of this business, like... Yeah. A year or two from now. Or please. like never. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I really want Calvo and Coleman to be like the center back pairing of just the Minnesota United MLS squad forever. You know, the, the first like time that you have that like big argument with your partner where you're like, oh no, the relationship might be ending. Like, this is what it feels like. It's like, please, I'll do anything. Don't leave. <laughs> but then, you know, your neediness kind of makes it so that your partner feels like a little, little, uh, what is it? Um, Smothered, so yeah. then they, they they act out even more. Uh, this is the way it's gonna go with Calvo, guys. This is the way it's gonna go. <laughs> okay, let's move. No, uh, somebody's projecting a little bit. So <laughs> well, with well, that, well, well, actually, a little bit of news. Loser West Bridgen from the Failing Fifty Five One Podcast solo ratings. He he uh, he reported that assistant coach Ian Fuller is off in Ghana on a scouting trip. I don't know what he's gonna find down there. <laughs> Does David or Tom uh, yeah. have a little brother that is really good at soccer as well? Because. <laughs> come over here and play for us. John Akam. John or Tom. I, I hope he finds com. one star. <laughs> one star. Uh, I was trying to think of something that wouldn't accidentally be racist, so. <laughs> Mr. Cat? Mr. Cat, add that out. Mr. Cat? No, he, he's too busy pooping on the carpet. Um... All right, let's move into a segment we call the Major Listing Service, where we talk about the MLS games for this past week. First, a bit of um, shocking news, player-related. Do you really want that pun in there? What? What? Shock. Oh, that was pun not intended, actually. Wow. Uh, that was actually, yeah, seriously. This is a bit of serious news, though. Mateus Silva from the San Jose Earthquakes has finally come out of his coma following a cold water shock incident. Yeah, so um, Silva was apparently out with a couple of teammates for a early morning swim in Lake Tahoe. Um, the water in Tahoe 
can be as low as the mid 50 degrees whereas the air temperature can be like 85 90 degrees around there during the summer so um and needless to say it, it's it's dangerous to be swimming in cold water if you have ever fallen in when you were fishing during a fishing opener weekend it, you'll know that it, it is a really scary situation. So um, thankfully, uh, Silva was put into a medically induced coma after he was pulled out. Um, he has since come out of that, uh, seems to be recovering well, which is about the best news that you possibly can get out of this situation. Absolutely. Well, Atlanta, God damn it, beat San Jose 4-2. Um their great run continues. But at the same time, another great run ended. Um, Tommy Thompson finally scored. Wait, well, that's is, is that his first goal of the season? He's um, like, what, 67, 70? Like, how old is he? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> once your secretary of, was it education that he was? I secretary don't remember. Former governor, governor of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in, like, fourth grade. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, but he, he was in, like, the George Bush... Yeah, he was he? in the cabinet. I just can't yeah. remember if he was Ed or like labor or something. No, his name is Defense Tommy, was Tim Ed. Howard, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Tommy Thompson um, finally scored a goal for the first time in four years. Um, he's basically been cosplaying as Carlos Rivas. So, <laughs> um, so good for him that he finally uh, got over that. Um, but uh, basically, San Jose was... At 10 men after the 30th minute, still hung on to a 1-0 lead at halftime, and then Atlanta just steamrolled them. FC Dallas beat DC United 4-2. Excellent first career goal for Ian Harks. Uh, just kind of curled it in. Uh, But then Dallas got four goals within uh, 15 minutes around halftime. Ian Hark's incredible goal. Go look. It basically looks like he got a power up on his boots, so when the ball touches, it goes like, anyway. Colorado one, Seattle three. Dempsey scoring on Tim Howard in a in a recreation of the 2004 Premier League. Deuce definitely dropped the deuce in this. He scored twice. I'm sorry, he scored twice. Um, hey, no, dro- the only person dropping deuces around here, or only thing dropping deuces, Mr. Cat, who's wandering around, probably right now doing that on the carpet somewhere. LA2, Real Salt Lake, 6. Yes, that RSL scored 6. That's almost like the time that they signed Donovan. That's the kind of effect that this game had on the uh, LA fans. It, it did send them into complete shock and chaos. Um, there was no Van Dam for Los Angeles in this game. Uh, it was pretty obvious that four of the goals happened right in front of the six-yard box for RSL. Uh, LA rumored to be signing uh, Pierre Andre Gignac. Andre Pierre Gignac. Whatever his name is. APG. <laughs> APG from Tidris and Lady Mets, who um, they failed to sign him because, I mean, he's going to stay in the Lady Match because he's tearing it up there right now. And why would he want to move? It's, it's LA, LA, brah. It's LA. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, no. <laughs> New England 2, New York Red Bulls 3. Um,. Fantastic volley by BWP to level it up at 1-1. Um, he was at the top of the 18 after a basically just a 1-2 give-and-go. 
volleyed it in and then rocketed it off the crossbar down into the goal so quickly that the assistant referee did not actually wave it in as a goal at first, which is why Jay Heaps was extremely upset that it was called as a goal, despite the fact that it was very obviously one. History of obvious goals, Toronto FC 3, Orlando 1, Giovinco scores on a free kick. Beauty, beauty of a shot. Beauty of a goal. Um, it should have been his um, second free kick goal because he rocketed one right off the crossbar. Um, also had a an open play goal and an assist to Josie Altidore. You think in a few Goals years we're scores. You think in a few years we're going to be talking about how Giovinco's screwing up like a cut rate MLS expansion in like I don't know San Diego or something. I mean, he is Beckham now, basically our generation's Beckham. No, because Giovinco is actually doing things that are incredibly special every single game rather than Beckham just hey, showing up and, and just being that freaking Beckham. hair being on the pitch was special, okay? Just his existence. Okay, Car- just his life, just, guys. Not to take, take, so take five, to take five. Uh, Carlos Rivas, forgot who he was for a split second and a goal for Orlando. Yeah, that was amazing. So, he seems to be doing that often. Starting a goal? Yeah. He, I think he got hit in the head once and like forgets who he is every once in a while like oh hey there's a goal I won't send it to Rosie I'll send it into the back of the net I'm Carlos Rivas oh, oh, oh no um, Houston 3-1 over Montreal they scored within the first minute um, it was Houston in July so it was insanely hot um, it's a miracle that Montreal even survived to get a like respect garbage time goal in the 89th um, that's all you need to say Houston were dynamic you could say stop stop no. vancouver three move on, move on. nycfc two the white caps white crapping all over no i just we're really like sucking <laughs> yeah, today. this is this is not a great episode <laughs> yeah there was a pretty white crappy call against david usted uh, ah. for that penalty uh, basically he Boo. he took it off of tommy mcnamara's feet mcnamara stopped and then fell over because of his momentum, and that got called as a penalty. Jordi Reyna comes back from injury and scores on his home debut after a late substitution at 88th minute, I think the goal happened. Something like that. Um, yeah, first goal, first game in front of the Whitecaps crowd, and he proceeded to Balotelli the celebration and take off his shirt and flex. The Portland Timbers scored two goals. Unfortunately, Chicago also scored two goals, so the game ended tied. Fire undefeated in eleven matches. Um, Things that you didn't expect to hear. I totally in November to twenty fourteen. <laughs> called it. I called it. Go back. I call. I, you I, called I, it all the way back in November of twenty fourteen. That's yep. the best part. Um, the Sporting Kansas City uh, drew one one against Philly. Um, who was John McCarthy? How did he play so well? And how did he play so well after having his leg bend several different directions than it was supposed to <laughs> in the first half? He's and obviously still... a Terminator. <laughs> There's no other explanation. Um, like, no. The only John in the Terminator movies is John Connor. Thank you very much. John Connor. This is an early draft. <laughs> John McCarthy. But seriously, I had some great saves filling in for Andre Blake, who was on duty with Jamaica in the dwarf top. So Gucci Onyebu got like his net grabbed by a Kansas City player and didn't kill the Kansas City player, which is nice of him not to do. Yeah, I mean... Although we don't know where the, his whereabouts are at this moment, so... 
RIP in peace, Ilya Sanchez. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is not on the roster for Real Madrid's USA Tour, which means that he will not appear in the MLS All-Star game. That's it, guys. I'm not going to go to this game I wasn't going to go to. I mean, he's not going to show up. Maybe he's you know talking to some MLS teams like, hey, who, who can I play for? And Minnesota's like, us, play for us. <laughs> You can play number 10, right? <laughs> also, you can play anywhere in the pitch you want. Just play for us. I mean, he is recovering from basically just splitting apart a week ago. So he's like a smaller version of himself. He's got to grow back, basically, you know. I, I mean, like, more than just himself. Like, he, he split up into two other pieces. Right. Do you think those two other pieces are like little like adult Cristiano Ronaldo's? Like <laughs> they're just like four foot nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so Lionel <Lille and> Messi, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, another quick All Star news: uh, Minnesota United has no players in the MLS All Star game. Shock. Or at least at least Horror. in the fan eleven. There's still time. You think they'll give us a pity pick? No, no. I'm okay with it. I mean, uh, Christian Christian Ramirez probably deserves it. I mean, he's got enough goals. Ramirez, maybe Calvo, uh, Jerry. No, not Jerry. I want to see Jerry's Instagram story from when he's in Chicago at the All-Star Dame, though. That'd be amazing. I just want Jerry to be like the sibling I never had and like be my friend. You know, (laughs) I I, I really like that man a lot. He's pretty great. He is pretty great. He's just happy all the time. Again, Jerry, if you ever want to be on the the podcast, just let us know. And you always have an open invitation. We'll we'll get rid of the cat. No. Tom and Jerry. See, Tom. I did it. I doubt yeah. it. See, uh, okay, I'm going to let you guys think about that because we got to take a break right here. We will come back with soccer news from the rest of the U.S. Soccer Pyramid, the USMNT, and the rest of the world. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. First, we got to go into a segment that we call the pyramid scheme where we talk about the rest of the u.s soccer pyramid that doesn't involve mls what do we got to talk about this week guys so we've got some u.s open cup action um san jose beats la 3-2 in a cali classic-ish i guess (laughs) (laughs) like both sides played at least like a B plus A minus sort of lineup. Like it, there was a good amount of starters in there, so it wasn't just a devoid matchup. Um, but three two to um, San Jose. Uh, Chris Wondolowski, very touching move to wear uh, Mateus Silva's jersey number, and he right. scores a brace. Uh, Jackson Yule. Who is this Wondolowski guy, and why is he? Apparently not playing like the other Wondolowski guy who was playing last year. Um, you mean the one that played in the Belgium game? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think that can be said about the whole San Jose team. They seem to be coming together in kind of a weird way this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch them the rest of the season. Uh, Jackson Yule has played a full ninety for the US, for San Jose in this, in this game. Um, ever since Dom, uh. Uh, Kinnear. Kinnear. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, was let go it's by the It's weird team. that we have to think of more than one Dom at a time. Back when uh, Dom Dyer was a coach, they didn't really have any. I don't know. They yeah. seemed to be They were just like falling guys. over against all of their opponents, too. So <laughs> SKC beat FC Dallas 3 0 in the cup as well. But uh, this game ended 10 v 9. 
What? Yeah. This How? just ended like a little while ago, probably right before we started recording. Uh, Latif Plessy starts the game winner for Kansas City, but this game ended 10 9. That's all I know. I don't know how. There are some red cards, I think, in there somewhere. Maybe I assume two. so. <laughs> but yeah, this game ended 10 9, but also ended 3 0. So huh. I'm interested to go watch the highlights now. One game you should watch the highlights for because there's essentially just seven goals being scored is Miami FC versus the San Francisco Deltas. With this win, Miami have won the NASL spring season. If you're a Minnesota fan and you say to yourself every once in a while, huh, I miss the NASL quality of highlights. Watch this these this highlight package. It's great. They show a player that is nowhere near the ball, and then all like of a sudden somebody's in on goal, goal and scores. Like, oh, they scored! Like, There's a moment happened? where like the audio cuts out on the commentator, and it sounds kind of satanic in a way. It's like it's, they're playing the record backwards. Yeah, it, it <laughs> I, I heard Paul is dead, guys. That's what it said. Um, and Stefano Pinos, formerly of Minnesota United, scored four goals uh, in this game. Again, confirming that the dudes who have left our team from last year seem to be doing really much better now. Strangely better. So, anyway, we've we've harped on that enough. Miami opened the scoring with Dylan Mares in the fifth minute, and they got their final goal from Pino in the last minute of the game. There was also the point where uh, Reiner Ferreira was sent off after they were down 3-0 when Richie Ryan rushed up to basically kind of calm tensions down and Ferrer just decked him straight in the face <laughs> yeah deserved red card and when he died he still like argued with the ref like dude no come on just walk it's like, off you're, you're you done. earned that red card <laughs> you, I, you earned that very very well I enjoyed the fact that when we were watching the house first we couldn't tell who had got the red card and you were like it must have been Atacora right I was like, yeah oh, yeah that's, that's a good it, guess. I'm sure it was Atacora no Atacora just got a yellow for dissent afterwards anytime that there's a red card being shown on ASL there's about a 90% chance that it involves <laughs> Nana Atacora <laughs> uh, Pizer was in goal for San Francisco unfortunately he did see, be seen later at a Parisian cafe furiously chomping on a baguette and smoke, chain smoking cigarettes <laughs> He probably did that before the game. That's why I let in seven goals. Yeah. Uh, the San Francisco Deltas, by the way, Wes Burdine noticed this about them, have seven wins, three losses, but a negative one goal differential. That's a bit weird. So. That's a bit of a direct paraphrase from him. Anywho, um, USL News, uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies ended their long winless streak against FC Cincinnati, the darlings of USL right now, 2-0. Um, some news from the... Basically, Peter Wilt All Stars, the NISA, the NISA, and it's it's you could say that they put out some NISA news. <laughs> I, I'd say leave, but we're in your bedroom, so we we can't I'll, force you. If out. If you're still listening to this, we, we apologize. <laughs> there have been a lot of wordplay and puns in this episode. We did have that, that's not your bag, but I mean, just keep listening to the end. Our rental drop up is gonna be great. So I hear. Apparently. Really sorry. Um, So, NISA News, uh, 13 letters of intent have been submitted. Several more are under review with formal applications, vetting, and fees going through the month of August. So apparently Peter Wilt's league is getting off the ground. Some drama-rama, drama-rama, rama-drama. Gilbert and Gore, the dudes that are a vaudeville act and have been in Detroit for many years... (laughs) 
and also have an expansion bid in with MLS, have trademarked the name Detroit City Soccer Club, which of course made the fans of Detroit City Football Club lose their freaking minds. And Twitter was, let's just say, put it this way, if you follow the Northern Guard, it was very fun to watch them basically go absolutely batshit insane for an entire day. The the obvious thing here is that this is I, I I I don't know this for a fact. I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like this is one of the easiest trademark kind of uh, infringement lawsuits that could be filed if Detroit City Soccer Club has nothing to do with Detroit City Football Club. Those two names are too similar to be allowed to stand. There is no way that Gilbert and Gore are going to be able to um, prance on the stage with this name. I also don't care. <laughs> They're also <laughs> nego- I, 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 I do. I do care about a lower league team getting usurped, but they are negotiating with them, okay. by the way, Gilbert and Gore. So um, who knows who's going to get yanked off the stage by that little cane. So <laughs> Some of them have a grease paint mustache and eyebrows and big wonky glasses and... And is secretly named Snidely. <laughs> I was going for a Groucho and Harpo thing, but yeah. There's a little little box of the frog that comes out. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. Hello, my... Anyway. Right time, gal. All right. Let's move on to a segment that we call The Sewer. Where we talk about a USMNT, our men's ninja turtles. Talking about some different amphibians. Uh, the U-17 USMNT... Uh, has been drawn into the U-17 World Cup group with Greece, Colombia, and India. <gasps> Hosts India. Who will not cheer for? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know, guys. I'm so confused. I don't actually own any Indian jerseys because when I was in India, I, f- I desperately tried to find an Indian soccer jersey. They don't sell them anywhere. I tweeted the Indian Football Federation. They didn't tell me anything. It's really hard, guys. Uh, they make it difficult for me to like actually support them. If you tried online yeah okay I, I no gonna, seriously i haven't tried like aliexpress maybe there's one there but like i, I would assume that aliexpress would have it yeah but I, apparently the u.s played india in the u17 level already recently though and like thrashed them which doesn't surprise me and i i, I actually genuinely do not i never expected the u.s to be playing india in a competitive game in any like event in the recent future. You so. should get one of those half jerseys where it's US <laughs> and then India and work for that game. All right. I, I will do that. Another bit of news you from the uh, youth level, right? U20? U20s. U20s, yeah. 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 Um, Jonathan Klinsman. Who? Sign. I know. I thought I looked at my phone. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jonathan Klinsman signed with Hertha Berlin. Um, he had been at UC Berkeley, if I remember correct. Um basically decided to go pro after uh, a fairly successful U20 World Cup. So, yeah, all, yeah. all the best to him. Hopefully people have gotten over the uh, Landon Donovan tweet I, that you referenced I, I there. I they have gotten over it. I wish I, them all the best. Yeah, okay. All right. Panama, or rather, sorry. Panama! Thank you. Tied 1-1 with the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Bruce Arena, out. I mean, anyone so, uh, that you think you think Miguel yeah. is retweeting that one? <laughs> no. How about this? Anyone that thinks this was a good game to watch, out. That was literally. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Minnesota United. It was the second worst <laughs> game I saw in the past week. We scored a goal. 
<laughs> an absolute travesty in defense led us to a concede. All right. It was very reminiscent let's, of Minnesota let's, United. Let's just keep it at that then, shall we? Down to our squad. Second goal in as many appearances for the men's national team. I was actually talking about this with David Zeller from the Dave Zino. Oh, sorry. The, the, the dumbest rocks David Zeller from the worst soccer podcast, the Dave Zino, totally going out of business, no advertisers. Uh, Notch, they, they can't all be the worst soccer podcast that you know. <laughs> Well, anyway, I was talking to him, this. and he was—he asked me a question: How many other strikers for the U.S. men's national team have a hundred percent scoring rate? I mean, none. I'm pretty sure, right? I—I I would assume I feel like none. Like, uh, but you're wrong. This one guy played one game for us in the Tampa Cup Cupcake and scored a goal, and then never was heard from again. <laughs> Probably. Is that happen? Um, that was a John Acam from. <laughs> 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 so anyway, here's the other thing, though. Um. I really wish they could have just, like, come up with some sort of anti-loophole that kept Dom Dwyer from being a U.S. national team player, just because I don't want to have to root for Dom Dwyer. Like, this pains me (laughs) to the point that I'm just angry when he's on the field, even if he scores. (laughs) Just just take a look at a sleepy Mr. Caddo that was yawning and he's falling asleep. And, and that'll calm your I, nerves. I thought I'm supposed to be mad at him right now, though. Yeah, I was too, but he looks too cute sitting over there. All right, uh, the U.S. will play Martinique in the Gold Cup on I Love Only Gold uh, on Wednesday. And uh, Chris Pontius has replaced Kenny Saif in the Gold Cup squad because of injury. Yeah, bummer. It was hoped for that they would see a decent left midfielder but i guess not we have a new segment for you in today's episode a segment called transfers go up to the front of the bus hit that little button and get your transfer ticket because we're talking european transfers baby well mostly uh premier league transfers um, whole lot of them because it them. was a busy week in the EPL. It's uh, like everything probably, happened in like two days. The biggest one that you probably already know is Romelu Lukaku transferred from Everton to Manchester United for uh, 75 million euros. Strangely enough, not the biggest piece of news involving Romelu Lukaku, who was also arrested by the LA police on a noise disturbance and will have to appear in court. I don't know that. That is awesome. <laughs> Go Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, Jack Cork signed for Burnley from Swansea. Uh, Antonio Rudiger signs for Chelsea from Roma. That's an interesting move. I I am jealous. Uh, of a young center back. I don't know how it translates to the Premier League. A little more physical than the Italian league. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Wayne Rooney signs with the blue side of Mersey, uh, comes home to Everton. Apparently, he's been wearing Everton pajamas for the last 10 years. Didn't tell anybody. This is what he tweeted. So, uh... Is he going to start? Honestly, yeah, probably. Then I'm not worried about it. They've lost Lukaku at this point, and uh, Swansea seems to be holding, what is it, $50 million price tag on Jordi Sigurdsson, so... Unlikely that they're going to get him. 50 million. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that in just a, a couple of seconds. I love only gold. <laughs> um, some people going west. Uh, Jay Rodriguez signs with West Brom from Southampton. And Pablo Zabaleta signs with West Ham from Man City. On the manager, Mary Doran, uh, Frank DeBoer signs with Patricia Palace. And Mauricio Pellegrino 
Signs of Southampton. I looked at that and thought to myself, did you just write Mauricio Pochettino signs nope. with nope. Southampton? Nope. I, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so great. I'm so happy now. <laughs> It's like but that no. time when when they they signed the the player with the like, right last name but the wrong first name. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that was. That uh, was... Brent Calvo, I believe, was his name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, one little bit of news: Diego Costa, who was certain to go to the Chinese leagues, is now rumored not to be going to the Chinese league, but to Atletico Madrid, and then is also rumored to not want to leave Chelsea at all after saying goodbye to. Uh, his teammates on the training ground and apparently probably leaving their WhatsApp group, presumably. And Atletico Madrid can't even sign him if they wanted to because they have a transfer ban until January. And there was also roughly 2 million responses to a recent tweet asking for, or no, a recent Instagram post asking for him to go to Besiktas. Yeah, those Turkish Instagrammers take life very, very seriously when it comes to commenting on players' posts. Because all of them are real, right? Uh, Hama- fake news, fake news, totally fake. Didn't happen. Hamas Rodriguez is joining Bayern Munich on a two-year loan with an option to buy for $32.5 million. Again, from just before, Dufus Sigurdsson has a $50 million price tag on him. Okay, just by the way... million euro price tag on him. Calling it now Bayern Munich... 2018 Champions League winners. Okay. I mean, they are going to be short Douglas Costa because uh, he is signing a one-year loan from Juventus with an option to buy from Bayern. Um, I believe that option to buy is actually still higher than the option for James Rodriguez. <laughs> and But somehow still lower than, than the price for Dilfie Sigurdsson. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you <laughs> seem to be really worked is. up about this whole Dilfie Sigurdsson thing. He's a you great, feelings you he's want a express? good number 10. James Rodriguez is way better than him. It's just hilariously it better. Wait, Miguel Ibarra and Lance oh. Lang just retweeted that. <laughs> Although, I mean, he put the past results for Iceland and Colombia. Iceland did make it further than the Euros than Colombia did. So, Clamp. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... So, wait, what you're saying is Gilfie Sigurdsson, great because he has the clap. <laughs> You should tell Swansea that he has a clap and like call him like, hey, guys, um, remember when we, what, what they I was on international duty a while ago, I have the clap. Um, I wanted everyone, you know, into the physio's office as soon as possible. They, they, they call STIs something different in the UK. They call them like, I forget, it's, it's like one of those chips and fries situations. They have a different word for it. <laughs> I mean, do they still call it VD? Yeah, that might be. I don't remember. Anyway, we'll 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 do the research and tell you later on the next episode. Perhaps will let's we? move on now. To, <laughs> I I really don't think we will. <laughs> We're not going to. I was just gonna leave it hanging, guys. <laughs> let's move on to a segment now that we call they don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do though, where we talk about soccer from parts of the world that we haven't talked about already. First of all, I just want to remind everybody that it has now been three years and three days since we watched the most perfect World Cup game ever and saw Germany demolish Brazil 7-1. Hashtag never forget. Juan Carlos Osorio suspended six games for an incident in the Confed Cup semifinals. The Mexican coach was uh, heard to call an assistant coach, and I am uh, reading out some... (laughs) or some some uh, transcriptions from our soccer on Reddit. Bald head motherfucker. Um, Is that Dutch? 
<laughs> Roy Hodgson says it's Dutch. <laughs> so, I mean, practically what this means is Mexico have to get to the final of the Gold Cup. Otherwise, he's going to be suspended for World Cup qualifiers, which is very bad. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they're probably going to do that. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of the Gold Cup, we should talk about some matches that happens. First, Canada beat French Guyana 4-2. Uh, Fonson Davies becomes the first player born in the 2000s to score in the top-level international tournament. Also, um, the, I believe the youngest player, well, obviously, <laughs> for Canada to score. So. Yeah. Um, so, good for him. Um, he's literally Pulisic now, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I see. Costa Rica beat Honduras 1-0. Uh, bad news for Mr. United. Johan Venegas was stretched off during this match. He would appear on the bench at their next game, which was tonight as a recording, but did not make an appearance. Uh, Renia scores a lone goal for the Titos. Martinique with the surprise 2-0 win over Nicaragua. Um, These are the other folks in our group. Yeah. Um, names that I've never seen before simply because they play for Martinique of all teams um, were the scorers. Um, Mexico versus El Salvador was actually a halfway decent game to watch. Uh, Shady start by Mexico. They scored in the 8th minute and immediately conceded in 10th to, to El Salvador to, so they equalized but two second half goals by El Tree sealed the win for them yep um, Andre Blake was basically the guy that kept Jamaica winning a 2-0 over Curacao uh, Romario Willems and Darren Maddox Darren Maddox's goal was just a thundering shot for the reggae boys uh, Jermaine Taylor right back somehow did not concede Thanks oh, to Andre Blake who had such saves. Actually, did he actually play it right back? Because the, no. the, the graphic that the Jamaican Federation put out had him at center back. It was the Gold Cup graphic that had him at right back. And not only that, he played center back. Guess who he played right next to? Who? Uh, Damien Lowe. Damien Lowe. Yeah. What? Boston present Mind together again. blown. <laughs> okay. Uh, Costa Rica tied Canada 1-1, um, and our captain, Francisco Calvo, played in this game. No no uh, verification of if it wasn't actually Brent Calvo. <laughs> actually, we can verify that it wasn't yeah. Brent Calvo. Yeah, it was definitely we, Francisco. Yeah. Uh, literally, Pulisic stored a goal for uh, Canada. Um, Francisco, Francisco Calvo stored uh, the equalizer for Costa Rica off of a header, and also one man of the match. We are never selling him, okay? We are never selling him. Keep we that, man. are uh, never, ever, ever, ever selling uh, Francisco Calvo. <laughs> hey, we got to talk quickly works. about a Gold Cup controversy, and we're not in the Reynolds wrap-up yet. We're, we're, Florin Maluda, a name I, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Florin Maluda, 37-year-old French player, capped by the French national team was played tonight by the French Guyanese squad, despite the fact that playing him forfeited them the match. They, they forfeited the match by putting him on their roster. So, basically, French Guiana is not a FIFA-sanctioned team um, because they're one of the many French post-colonies. Um, but as a result, there's a number of uh, French Guyanese players that have gone on to play for France. Maluda is one of them. Um, some interpretations have said that, you know, maybe he would still be eligible because he'd be playing for a non-FIFA-sanctioned national team. Uh, but CONCACAF rules do actually stipulate that the Gold Cup will be played with 
FIFA sanctioning for the match day squads. Basically, they could not stop Florent Maluda from appearing on the pitch. They could only stop French Guiana from getting anything out of this match as a result of Florent Maluda showing up on the pitch. The French Guianese coach was very angry about this. You can, if you put Florent Maluda into Google and read some news articles from the past few days, you will see all these quotes. But the one that kind of stuck out to me was that CONCACAF hasn't always had FIFA regulations for the Gold Cup. So, for example, Jocelyn Angloma had played for Guadalupe at the 2007 Gold Cup. And the, the kind of island went on a little bit of a Cinderella run during that tournament. So, there were, there's past presidents for someone like Maluda playing. I think it's kind of unfair to a little country like French Guiana to, to disqualify a player who technically qualifies. And this is kind of a uh, not great for uh, Costa Rica or Canada either, because um, uh, Honduras gained three points tonight and a three, a plus three goal difference in their game against French Diana because they played uh, Florent uh, Maluda. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, assuming that French Diana plays him against Costa Rica, the Costa Rica will have seven points, um, five goals for, one goal against, at a plus four. Or that's at minimum. Um, obviously, they mm-hmm. score more than that. But that means Canada now has to beat Honduras by two to qualify for the next round. Eesh. Which isn't great. Not so good. No. With that blockbuster piece of news, with that cliffhanger for Canada's expectations of doing well in the Gold Cup, with that Mr. Cat walking in from the other part of the room and now looking over at me, let's move on to a segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up with Colin, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. What do we got this week, Colin? So, speaking of things that confused people on Reddit, uh, Vadim Demidov had a proof-of-life appearance for Minnesota United in their Instagram feed. Uh, the internet blew up wondering who the heck this guy was. Turns out it is indeed Vadim Demidov. Now, um, reports that include failing reporter and failing ratings magnet Westberdine on the 55-1 pod last <laughs> yesterday um, suggests that he's actually been training with the first team the entire time that he's apparently been out with a knee injury. So I had to dig into what exactly he has been up to that's kept oh. him out of the side. It turns out, and and this is big, Vadim's been training, but every single match day, like every weekend he has to fly out and on like the various weekday matches, uh, he's also had to fly out because uh, he's been traveling between uh, Minnesota, New York, and Washington, D.C., lobbying anyone who's going to listen to get the United States to restore its laws and sanction regime to how it appeared prior to the 2012 Mag- er, Magnitsky Act. Now, if you haven't heard of this, uh, this is an act that ended up resulting in Russians closing down the adoption window between the United States and Russia. So the idea is basically that he is attempting to keep all of these these young potentially adoptive children, um, getting them back into possibly going to American homes. The good news is that he's actually been pretty successful. He's gotten a number of meetings with people very close inside the Trump administration, including (laughs) not only 
Donald Trump Jr., but also Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort. Oh, it goes to the top, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's doing some really, really good work talking to many, many important people. Many important people are talking about the Magnitsky Act all of a sudden. Huh. So it's not collusion. They're just all Russians, like, actually. No, no, no. There's there's zero collusion going on. And, and this is the only topic that they are discussing in these meetings. Let me be clear. Yes. Let me be clear. This is the only thing that they are talking about. As a famous person said in an email recently, love it. All right. I love it. Hey, on a, on a quick, if we can jump back into loon monitoring for one minute. How sad is it that nobody recognized Vadim Demidov? <laughs> It's like, we've signed a new player, guys. Look, this guy popped up an I Instagram mean, photo. Like, who is that? He shaved his head and drew his beard out. Still. How else to know who he is? Brad Goldman has like eight hairdos every year, and we keep up with who he is. The last time I saw Venom Denmov, he had died on the field. So I thought, I didn't think I'd see him ever again. So, not I mean, my fault. I mean, it, not if, my fault. if he's shaved his head and grew a beard, he's like a new signing. Yeah. Is he doing a Tom Hanks from Castaway <laughs> uh, cosplay now? There was a great gif I saw recently where a referee comes to take the ball. You know that shot of the ball where the referee like walks over the camera where instead of the ball, they had like Wilson from Castaway. <laughs> no! Wilson! Wilson! It would be amusing if like a huge whale appeared at like TCF Bank Stadium and saved Demidoff from Minnesota United and he just disappeared. Um, you mean saved Minnesota United from Demidov. <laughs> I know that's what you were going for. I just wanted to make sure that our nice. listeners... I feel bad. I he feel... doesn't listen. He's on a deserted island. He doesn't have a podcast to listen to. <laughs> At this point, he should make a podcast. Anyway, um, with that, we should call an end to this week's show. Can you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter, please? I'm at Olson 716 I am at The Attachment. I am at TWO United Fans. You can also find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere and on the news website 55.1, whose podcast is not actually failing and has great articles written by a terrific contributor, Wes Berdine. And uh, another one who I wouldn't just say put his hands articles, up and tries to uh, but butt like, his way into my giving compliments to people. Good enough articles, Caleb Olson. That is it. Good, good enough, enough articles by Caleb my life. Olson. That's yep. my motto. Just please, good enough. Please tell your friends to listen to this podcast. We would very much appreciate having even more listeners than we do today. Our ratings are the best ratings. They're the best, I tell you. Uh, with this reference that I have overused in this episode already, we will call an end to this week's podcast. We will return next week with yet another episode of We Call It Soccer. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.